Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Bolden here. So glad to have you here with us today for episode 400 of the Speak Lab podcast. Yes, that is right. I can't believe it. 400 episodes. It has been an absolute blast to be in this space with you for so long. We are thrilled today to launch a new series called 40 Speaking Lessons from 400 Episodes. Crazy, right? So for this uh, monumental episode of the show, I'm going to be joined by my friend and colleague, Mary Alice Goldsmith, who serves as the Director of Student Success here at the Speaker Lab. And together, what we're going to be doing is unpacking the first 10 lessons and rewinding to some of the more foundational must-haves that you need to get started on your journey to the stage. It has been such a privilege to come alongside our students and step into the work that they are doing to build successful businesses. And so the lessons that we're going to be sharing have really stood the test of time. Together, we, we really want to highlight the moving parts of building a sustainable and thriving career as a speaker. Believe it or not, the concepts are simple, but the application is where the real work begins. Also, as we jump into this series, we're going to be giving away a bunch of copies of my book, The Successful Speaker. This is a great resource that's going to walk you through the exact steps that you need to take in order to have a successful speaking career. So here's the deal. If you go to thespeakerlab.com slash free book, again, that's thespeakerlab.com slash free book, enter your info. We're going to randomly pick 40 of you. Yes, four zero. We're going to mail you a physical copy of the book. It's literally that easy. So again, head over to thespeakerlab.com slash free book to get started. Thespeakerlab.com slash free book. We're giving away, we're giving away books. You know, we like you. We're generous. We're feeling good. 40 books. Go check it out over at thespeakerlab.com slash free book. All right. I know you're going to love this series and these 40 lessons that we've compiled. So let's get right to it. Here's going to be the first 10 my conversation with Mary Alice Goldsmith. Enjoy. All right. We're shaking things up. I'm taking over the podcast with the one and only Grant Baldwin. So I'm really excited because we are celebrating our 400th episode. Can you believe 400 episodes? It's a little crazy. It's uh, We've been doing this for for quite a while and uh yeah. 400 episodes is that's a big number a lot of zeros it's to that a, it is it's a big number it's something huge to celebrate some people don't make it past 10 <laughs> and here you are at 400 so congrats on that that's huge what's so great about that is you've interviewed so many people students included and there has to be some common themes that repeat itself and so when you look back at 400 episodes what are some of those things? What are what are some of those repeatable themes that you're like, yeah, you know, this comes up a lot. This is definitely worth mentioning. We're gonna walk people down memory lane, if you will, and hone in on those specific themes. So not in any particular order. 
We just made a list of like 10, 10 of those big lessons that, uh, that I feel like we've really learned in, in talking with students. And again, this isn't exclusive to just me. This is something we hear all the time with students that you hear with students day in and day out working with them. Uh, and so, yeah, we've come up with a list of the, those 10 things. So pull out something to write notes with, pen, pencil, marker, crown, lipstick, chapstick, nail polish, blood, <laughs> whatever you need to use. 10 lessons from 400 episodes of podcasting. All right, let's go. Let's dive in. Give me, give me one, not number one, but what's, what's one lesson that has come up for you in these 400? Yeah. So we, you know, here at the speaker lab, we teach the speaker success roadmap, which makes that acronym speak. It's one thing we tell all the students about. And that first part of the process S selecting a problem to solve. One thing you've, you've, if you've, you've listened to me on the podcast at all, you've probably heard me say to be a steakhouse and not a buffet, be a steakhouse and not a buffet, meaning that you want to solve one specific problem for one specific audience. Now the challenge for most speakers is we want, we just enjoy speaking. Speaking is a lot of fun. We want to do it as much as possible. And so what that means is we end up throwing out the net as far and wide as possible. So who do I speak to? I speak to people. I speak to humans. My message is for everybody. And what do I speak about? I don't know. What do you want me to speak about? I can speak about anything. And it's just like, we just want to do all these things for everybody. And so when we talk about being a steakhouse, not a buffet. So like if Mary and I were going to lunch, we're looking for a good steak. Like we have a choice. We could go to a buffet where steak is one of a hundred things that they offer and they're all mediocre. Or we could go to a steakhouse where they do one thing, but they do that one thing really, really, really well. So they don't do lasagna. Yeah, they don't do tacos. They don't do seafood. They don't do cupcakes. They do steak and that's it. And again, it's counterintuitive, but the more specific, the more narrow, the more clear, the more focused you are, the easier it is to actually attract the right type of gigs versus trying to be all things for all people. So again, it's counterintuitive, but you want to be a specialist and not a generalist. And so, so often, whenever we talk with students, Mary, I know that you hear this as well, when yep. students are, are just like, well, I, you know, I just speak to people and I, what do you want me to speak about? I, I, here's 54 different things that I speak about. We're just like, that doesn't work. And so we understand like, it's really difficult. Cause if we go back to like that steakhouse buffet analogy, if you know, the chef of a steakhouse is like, yeah, we can make steaks, but look at all these other things that we could, we could do. Right. And so you're having to make conscious decisions here and make choices of like, yes, this is what I focus on. And these are the things that I'm not going to do. And that's okay. So yeah, first, first of 10 would be to be a steakhouse and not a buffet. Anything to add to that? Yeah. Well, listen, that's, we may be able to end right here because that's the most important thing that if you're listening to this messaging is so critical. And when you hone in on one specific thing, you nail it, you hit it out of the park, go listen to the student highlight podcast with tech Clark listen to that man speak. And he is such a great representative of this. Very powerful. You have to hone in. You have to get specific. You will do wonders for your business. You could change, you could evolve, but when you're getting started, one thing, one audience, very important. Yeah, let, me, let me piggyback on one thing you just mentioned there is you're, yeah. you're picking a starting point. You're not getting a tattoo. Yep. This is not a permanent decision here. So we're asking you to pick a starting point. And so if that means it evolves and pivots over time, which is the case with most speakers, like most speakers, it does pivot and evolve over time as the market shifts, as your interests shift, as uh, your experience and your skill set shifts and evolves, like you're most likely going to pivot over time. And so I think that's part of the challenge for speakers, especially early on, is say, but I, there's so many things I'm interested in, so many different topics and so many different things I, I could do. And it doesn't mean that you'll never get to those things, but you're starting narrow, you're starting small. So I'll give you one other quick example or an analogy. 
is you look at a company like Nike. Nike is a huge multi-multi-billion dollar company that sells anything that they can put a swoosh on. And so that's where they are today, but that's not where they got their start. They got their start by creating and selling one very specific type of running shoe for uh, collegiate long distance runners right? This very niche shoe. And so they'd sold that for a while. They perfected that, figured that out. And then they're like, what if we created, you know, basketball shoes? What if we created a baseball cleat? What if we created a walking shoe or an everyday shoe? What if we created shorts? What if we made hats? Hats. And what if we made (laughs) golf clubs? And like on and on and expanded, but like they got their start by saying, no, we're going to do one specific thing for one specific audience. And then over time it may layer or pivot or add to, but you can't look at like, well, you know, why can Nike do everything that they want to Day, but because again, that's not where they got their start. They got their start solving one specific problem for one specific audience. And then over time, it evolved and changed from there. Yep. It's great. It's a great analogy. And, you know, I'm going to lead us into this next point because I think it really does sync really well to, you know, be a steakhouse, not a buffet. When you really hone in on your audience, the problem that you solve, it gets really easy to map out the business and and set some goals. So let's talk about number two, which is be clear on your goals for speaking. Talk a little bit more about that, how this has become a real repeatable uh, theme and lesson learned. Yeah. So again, be clear on your goals for speaking. And it's, it's that that Stephen Covey principle of beginning with the end in mind. So it's kind of like the illustration or the analogy of if you're going on a road trip and you, you know where you're starting from, but if, you, if you're not clear on where you're going, then any route you're going to take is going to get you there. So if you are, you know, I live in, in the Nashville, Tennessee area. And if I'm trying to drive to Florida, uh, then I've got to, I've got to get on a road that takes me South. And so if I get on a road that's going North, it doesn't matter like how intentional and how focused and how hardworking and how lasered in that I am. If I get on a road going north, I'm never going to reach Florida. Now, for some of you are like, what if you go all the way around the globe? No, no, that's not what we're talking about. But you have to be intentional of like, where's the end result that you're trying to go towards? And so for so many speakers, they're like, I just want to speak. I just like speaking. Speaking is a lot of fun. It's like, yeah, that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But being clear, like how many gigs would you like to do? Meaning like there's some speakers we work with that do, you know, 100 gigs a year and some that do five. And it's not that one's better or worse than the other. There's pros and cons both ways, but you just got to be clear for you what makes sense. Are you wanting to do more speaking in person? Are you wanting to do more virtual? Are you wanting to do more workshops? Are you wanting to do more keynotes? Are you wanting to do more seminars or trainings? Are you wanting to do more local and regional stuff? Are you wanting to do more national or international? Are you wanting just to speak, just to speak? Are you wanting it to to be lead generation for some type of product or service that you may offer? So again, there's nothing that's right or wrong or like this is better or this is worse because you can find a whole bunch of different speakers who are all doing it a different way. But again, what you don't find is some speaker who's trying to do all the different things at the same time. This is another like analogy or story I've shared before. I mentioned uh, actually with our, our team recently, I remember a couple of years ago, there's a, a buddy of mine who does a ton of real estate investing. And I was really interested in real estate investing. And so I reached out to him and I said, hey, I want to get into real estate investing. You have all these different types of real estate investing. I was like, which one is best? You have you know, a single family home and multifamily home and apartments and short-term rentals and uh, raw land and commercial and yada, yada, the list goes. And I was like, which one is best? And he said, yes. And I was like, that's not helpful. What else you got for me? And he's like, they all work, right? You can find someone who's killing it with any one of those things. But again, you have to begin with that end in mind of where it is that you're headed. Now, again, kind of tying back into what we touched on earlier, some of this early on is like, you're making a guess. Like, I don't, 
I don't know if I want to do 10 gigs or if I want to do 50 gigs. I haven't done that. So what I'm not sure, you know, which is going to work better. I'm not sure if I want to do more in-person or virtual. So some of it is just like, it is like you're you're kind of like just sampling a couple of things and trying a couple of things until you kind of figure out like okay this is what I'm doing. But again, ultimately what you're trying to do is be clear and like why speaking of all the different things that you could be doing like why speaking and how does speaking fit into what it is that you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, this one's a great one. In fact, it's it's so powerful that we've even added to our elite program a in module five, uh, no one to scale a an asset for our students to walk them through to understand uh, what these goals can look like for their business over the course of the next three years, because uh, very often we can get on this hamster wheel of I need more gigs, I need more gigs, I need more gigs. And you don't even realize that you're actually crushing it. I can't tell you how many students are like, Oh my gosh, when I sat down and did the math, I made $50,000 in the last six months or 40,000. Like, but not knowing your numbers or where you're pointing the dial can be a real detriment. And it could be the fastest way to burn out when it comes to running the speaking business. So when you know your goals and you're able to put numbers into it, then you know when you're hitting the mark. And so this is such an important one to, to have those goals in perspective um, and, and actually have the numbers. Something we're not really good at as speakers. Like we like to get on stage, we don't, want to, we don't have to worry about the business numbers, do we? Yes, you do. <laughs> and in fact, yes, we're gonna do. we're gonna get to that on uh, point five. We're gonna we're just okay, open that good. loop. We'll tease that. So we'll come back to that. A oh, big tease. Love it. Okay. All right. So moving on. Number three. Talk to me about marketing. What is a speaker's best marketing asset? Yeah. Number three. Your best marketing is a great talk. Your best marketing is a great talk. So think about this like a, a restaurant, okay? Uh, whenever you go to a restaurant, let's imagine, for example, that you know that you go there and the service is amazing and the decor is beautiful and the ambiance is, is exactly what it is that you're looking for. But let's just imagine for a second that the food sucks, right? Well, you're just going to be back. like, I don't know, like everything about it was so great, but... Uh, wasn't so good after all. And so the, the reason that you, you're attracted to a, a great restaurant is because everything works well, but especially the food, the food is the star of the show. And so you think about like, you know, whether it's a restaurant or whether it's a movie or whether it's a, um, a TV show or a Netflix special or a podcast or whatever, something that you're recommending or telling other people about, you tell them about it because it's, it's a, the product is really, really good. And so the same thing is true as a speaker. Your best marketing is a great talk. So a couple of quick ideas of things that, that work really, really well is one is to tell a lot of stories tell a lot of stories. Like as humans, we are drawn to stories. We connect with stories. We relate to stories. One line I like to say when I'm setting up a story is I'll just say, let me tell you a story. And mm -hmm. as an audience, people are just drawn to stories. So if I say, let me tell you a story, if you say that, you'll watch that the audience starts to lean in. They, they may be going like, I have no idea where this is going. This could be funny. It could be sad. It could be depressing. It could be you know inspirational or heroic. I have no clue, but it's a story. And so I'm hooked. And so tell stories. I, I especially like to tell first person stories. So it's one thing to tell, you know, let me tell you about this story, this one anecdote from the 1950s. You know, it, it's, but it's something to say, no, no, let me tell you about like my life, you know, because it's important to also remember that you are a human talking to a collection of other humans, right? And so you're not a robot. You're not just the, up there. On, you're not this mouthpiece on stage, but you're a human talking to a collection of other humans. So act like a human. So that's where I like to tell stories. I like to tell first person stories, stories that the audience can relate to and connect with. Another thing I would say 
that makes a great talk is to really spend the time to be prepared. The best speakers on the planet, they don't just hop up on stage and wing it. And like, I'm going to just throw down some, throw some ideas together, or scribble some thoughts on a napkin and hope it just all magically works out. Like it just doesn't work like that. They really spend the time behind the scenes to craft and think through every word, all the sentence structure, everything that they're going to say. How am I going to transition into this? Is the audience going to understand this? What are the points that I need to make? What are the illustrations? How do I connect the dots to them? Like you have to think all of that through so that again, by the time you get up on stage that you're giving the best possible presentation. So we'll talk about your website. We'll talk about your marketing efforts. We'll talk about reaching out to people. We'll talk about running the business, but also remember that if, if you do great at all of that, but your talk isn't good, if you as a speaker aren't good, then it's hard to build a business that way. So you want to make sure that all the other marketing things that you're doing are great, but you got to make sure that you have a great product, a great talk as well. Yeah. I love that. I think that is critical, critical. It's like an athlete. They're always perfecting their athleticism. And it's the same thing with speaking. You have to keep, keep the art of speaking, keep practicing um, that talk so that you can really be the best. Really love that. It's an experience. It's not just a talk. So you have to totally. give the experience. So well, one of the things you just mentioned there is, you know, you think about like athletes, for example. And so you think about like some of the greatest athletes in the world, and there's going to be for some athletes, for, for most athletes, there's going to be a level of they, they were born with some type of, of physical attribute. They're, they're, they're fast, they can jump high, they're tall, whatever it may be. They have something that maybe, you know, the average person doesn't have, but they also spend a ton of time working on their craft. You think about like an NBA player, you take someone like a LeBron James and LeBron is, is a, uh, a physical specimen. He is a large human being who has played basketball and is extremely good uh, at what he does, but he also spends a ton of time in the gym, uh, working out, uh, continuing to practice these drills and going through. And it's like, why are you, why are you so good at what it is that you do? Because you spend so much time working on this thing behind the scenes. And so again, the same thing is true for great speakers is even though they're great at what they do, what makes them great isn't some natural charisma that they just happen to have, but it's because they spend so much time behind the scenes working on their craft. So by the time they get up on stage, again, they're confident they can deliver a solid message. Like an athlete, you have to have tenacity. This is not a business that you build overnight. This is a business that uh, it takes some legs. There's some endurance here. There's some efforts that need to be put forth. And the most successful students that we have um, really, really lean into this tenacity of relationship building. And so number four is be proactive, not reactive in your marketing efforts, which this is such an important point. Uh, and we, we drive this home very often to our students, you have to stay in the game in your marketing efforts. It's not one and done. It might be 15, might be 20, but your marketing efforts are critical. So talk about this a little bit more about being proactive. Yeah. Again, be proactive, not reactive in your marketing efforts. So a, a mistake that we see some speakers make is, you know, as we walk through like that speak framework, the, uh, the E is to establish yourself as the expert, which involves two key marketing assets you really want to have. You want to have a website, you want to have a demo video. And so a mistake sometimes speakers will make is, okay, I've got my website, I've got my demo video. And now I just sit back and I wait for the phone to ring. And like that, that just doesn't work. And oftentimes we can use those things as kind of like a, I feel like I'm doing something, right? I feel like I'm making progress, but I'm not actually doing something. And it's kind of like, you know, someone who, who uh, they, they want to get in shape and they're like, I'm going to, I'm going to buy a gym membership. 
right? And, and so I have a, I bought a gym membership, but I don't actually go or I bought some type, I bought a Peloton for my house. Um, or I, I do something that makes me feel like I'm making progress, but I haven't actually made any progress because I didn't actually do the thing. Uh, we see this a lot also with like social media of speakers like that. I am posting regularly. You know, I am, uh, I set up my, uh, I set up my LLC or I set up my whatever, uh, my, my, I got my domain name purchased. And so we feel like we're making progress, but ultimately like, are those things doing anything to lead toward booking a gig? The only thing that's going to make a, a, a real difference in terms of booking gigs is actually reaching out to decision makers, which again, I realized like is difficult for most speakers. And so a lot of speakers were just like, ah, but I'd rather do other things that make me feel like I'm doing something or I've accomplished something or making progress. But if you want to book gigs, you have to reach out to decision makers. And so thinking about like, what are you doing every day to book another gig? I know like time for, I'm like, I'm really actively trying to book gigs. I'm thinking through like, what, what I need to book the gigs, I need to reach out to people, I need to follow up with event planners, I need to continue to build those relationships. And that's going to be much more proactive than reactive, which again is difficult. And so it's easier to like want to sit and do nothing. But again, nothing happens unless you actually take a proactive effort to reach out to, to follow up with, to build those relationships and connections with decision makers and event planners. Yeah, so true. And so number five is somewhat similar, but different because this, our students come in about, you know, to learn more about speaking and to be a better speaker. And oftentimes, and we hear this a lot, they're so amazed and grateful that we really dive deep into the business aspect of being a speaker. Because once you go through our speak framework, you're not just a great speaker. You are the owner of a professional speaking business. So number five is very little of running a speaking business actually involves speaking. Yes, you heard that right. So what, what, let's talk about this a little bit more, breaking this down in terms of speaking business and being a speaker, because it's yeah. quite different. Yeah, very true. And so there's a, uh, there's a really good book called The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. And he uses this analogy uh, of, of owning a bakery, right? And so you imagine someone who is a baker and they are really, really good at their craft in terms of, you know, baking cakes or cupcakes or breads or whatever it may be that they are baking. And so he talks about, there's a difference in the skill set between being a good baker and running a bakery. So being a good baker is knowing exactly how to make like the best possible item and using high quality ingredients and how long to bake something. And yeah, I'm not a baker. I don't know. I'm just making this up. Uh, <laughs> but then the other side of it is running a bakery, which is how do you price something, keeping your cost of goods down, your labor costs of hiring, of marketing, of getting people in the door to try your goods. And so he just talks about like, there's a difference in skill set between being a good baker and running a bakery. And the same thing is true with being a speaker. It's a difference in skill set between being a good speaker and running a speaking business. And so, so much of your time is not necessarily spent on being a speaker per se, but it's more spent on running the speaking business, meaning spending a lot of time and energy on, on marketing, on sales and reaching out and following up on doing things to build the speaking business that may not necessarily involve being on stage. And so I would actually say that a very small percentage of your time is actually spent on stage, but you have to do the work in terms of the marketing, the sales, that effort that leads to your time on stage. And so again, recognize that the two different hats that you have to wear, you have to wear the speaker hat and you have to wear the entrepreneur who is running and building a speaking business hat. Those are two separate roles, but you oftentimes have to wear both of those hats. Yeah. And I think, I think that deters a lot of people for, from going for this dream of becoming a professional speaker, 
the, they know they have a message, they know they can make an impact, but then they're like, but how, but how, but how? And I think that's one of the special things about our program because we do deep dive on the speaking part and we totally deep deep dive on the business part. And so, you know, we really breed confident professional speakers and it's really important because we merge those two, those two aspects of being a speaker. So love that one. Hey friends, hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Don't forget to go to thespeakerlab.com slash free book. Enter to get your copy of The Successful Speaker. We're giving away 40 copies to listeners of this podcast. So again, all you gotta do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash free book, thespeakerlab.com slash free book. Register to get your free copy of the book. We'll see you there. Okay, let's talk about this because sales can send shivers down someone's spine. Yes. But <laughs> the bottom line is, and number six is, no one can sell you better than you. So let's talk about that a little bit more. Yeah, and this really ties into the previous one that, again, when we talk about you know the um, being a speaker versus running a speaking business, those are two separate things. And so oftentimes when, when we say that, speakers are going like, okay, I know I like speaking. That's the part I want to do. The part of running the speaking business, the sales, the marketing, that intimidates me. And so therefore, I want to find someone else to do this. I want to find a bureau. I want to find an agent. I want to find someone else to do this. But again, number six there, no one can sell you better than you. No one can sell you better than you. We have speakers who ask all the time, hey, we're just getting started, Grant Mayor. How do I get in with a bureau? How do I get in with an agent? Okay, so let me let me give you my thoughts on this, okay? A bureau and an agent are not going to be interested in 99.9% of you, okay? That's not, your mom loves you. We're very proud of you, but they're not going to be interested in you. And here's why, because you, you have to first understand how bureaus and agencies work. It's not like that a, a bureau has all of these excess gigs and they're just like, boy, if only we had some speakers to fill these, boy, that would be really, really good. Like it just doesn't work like that. Okay. So a, a good friend of mine uh, who is the president of a major speakers bureau, he says this, he said, bureaus don't create demand. They manage demand. Bureaus don't create demand. They manage demand. And what he means by that is if you're not already consistently getting booked at typically higher fees, so anything above, let's say $10,000 or so, if you're not consistently getting that, think about laws of supply and demand. And if you're not consistently getting that, then it's not like a bureau is going to magically be able to create that for you. But if you're like, I am swamped, I have more gigs and inbound requests than I know what to do with, a bureau is good at coming in alongside you and helping you to manage that demand. So again, if you're like, I'm not getting any gigs at all whatsoever, then the bureau is not going to be interested in you. Okay. So again, the best thing that you have to do is learn to put on that hat yourself and say, okay, I have to own my own sales and marketing efforts. That's exactly what we teach you here inside the speaker lab to do so that you're not dependent on a bureau. You're not dependent on an agent. You're not dependent on a, like a third party who's going to book gigs for you. So we always say like, we want to teach you how to fish. We don't want to catch fish for you. We don't want you to be dependent on us. We don't want you to be dependent on any third party that's going to be, uh, that's going to have to book gigs for you. So we want to show you exactly what you need to do. So again, I think just making that mental shift that no one can sell you better than you. And I know for some of you who may be listening, going like, 
I don't feel like I'm good at sales. I, that's intimidating. I don't want to sell, my, sell myself. It feels pushy. I'm not like that. What, what, the sales can have a very bad rap. We understand that. But when we're talking about selling, we're just talking about, again, providing a solution to a problem that someone already has. And we talk about building those relationships with event planners and decision makers. They're already looking for a speaker. You're not trying to convince them to hire a speaker. You're not trying to convince them to buy or hire you or provide a, a solution to a need that they don't have. You're providing a solution to a need that they have. They're looking for a speaker. You're showing them why you are a good solution. And that's exactly what we want to teach you and show you inside of the speaker lab. But again, making that mental shift that no one can sell you better than you. So again, 99.9% .9 of you stop looking for a bureau, stop looking for an agent who's going to magically book gigs. Cause there's no magical gig fairy that exists out there. Yeah. No, I always, we always teach the students too. Like you're not selling, you're presenting an opportunity. You're actually making an event planner's life easier. Yes. Uh, and we also do a very deep dive into transformational language, uh, which helps them realize, wow, like I am solving a significant problem and I am making a huge impact. So it does feel less of a sale and more of an opportunity. Um, so yeah, I love that advice. And all that time wasted on trying to find a bureau, you could you could put forth towards making relationships with the proper event planner. So yes. great advice. Number seven, and this kind of segues into this because one of the things we do here at the Speaker Lab is we do deep dive into this transformational language. So we help you discover what solution you solve and we bring that into establishing you as an expert. So your marketing materials, I always call it the perk-up effect. It creates this perk-up effect in your marketing materials and makes the right people attracted to you. And therefore you're solving the right problem for the right people, again, makes it not a sale. It makes an opportunity. So number seven is your marketing materials matter. Really important. And that's all from the language into your website, into your demo and so forth. So let's talk about this a little bit more. Yeah, your marketing materials absolutely do matter. And so whether we like it or not, whether we want to admit it or not, people judge books by their cover. And so if you are an amazing speaker, but your website does not reflect that, like again, people uh, people make those assumptions based on websites, based on marketing materials. So if someone goes to your website and it's just like, it looks like you're, you know, your third grade niece or nephew built the website, it's just like, it's just hard to have a lot of a, a confidence in you as a speaker, because you got to remember that an event planner, a decision maker, they are in the risk mitigation business. And what we mean by that is whenever they hire you and put you up on stage, they are taking a risk. Okay. I actually experienced this just recently. So literally, I don't know, about a month ago or so, we had a team retreat. We had the entire company get together in Austin, Texas, and we brought in an outside speaker. And so Mayor was at this. Uh, mm -hmm. And so we brought in this outside speaker and uh, nobody, this is a guy that I knew. He was a friend of mine. And, uh, I was like, Hey, uh, I think this guy, uh, he could come in and do this specific type of workshop. I think this would be really good for us. And everyone's like, yeah, sure. Sounds good. And then once we kind of got up toward the retreat and this guy comes in, I started like kind of not second guessing, but I'm just like, Oh dang. Like, I hope this goes well because it's like <laughs> my, good. my name is on the line. Right. Cause if, if yeah. all of a sudden, like this guy's, uh, if he sucks, then everyone's really like, wait, why did we have this guy come in grant? Uh, and I was like, Oh yeah, that's my, but thankfully, like it was amazing. It was like a amazing. huge highlight of the retreat, but I, I like, literally I was thinking that I was like, Oh, 
this is what event planners feel like, right? (laughs) Because their name is on the line, their reputation is on the line. And so whenever you're hiring a, when event planner or decision maker is hiring a speaker, oftentimes what they have to go off of, especially if you're newer, is they're looking at your website, they're looking at your your demo video, and they're just determining whether or not you're a good fit for them. And maybe like you're, maybe you're, 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 you're an amazing speaker. You're just not what they are looking for, right? There's, there's restaurants going back to the food analogy. There's restaurants that have amazing food. Maybe you just, I just don't like that cuisine. I don't like that type of food. Okay. It's nothing wrong with the restaurant. There may be nothing wrong with you. But again, the point being like your, your website, your marketing materials, your demo video, that stuff matters. And so you got to make sure that you are spending the time and energy and effort. It doesn't mean you need to have spent tens of thousands of dollars to make an amazing website and video. In fact, within uh, some of our programs, we actually make your website for you. We make your demo video for you. Cause if you're like, I don't know what to include and I don't know what pages and I don't know what to say. And like, no, can we just like take care of that for you? That's okay. That's what we'll do. And so, uh, so again, just know that those materials matter. They definitely make a big difference in terms of people that are, are considering hiring you in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And, and your confidence to put yourself out there. It's a right. huge confident booster for sure. All right. Number eight, have long-term perspective. This is so important. And I'm so glad that this is on this list because this is the difference between those who make it and those who are like, this is just so hard. (laughs) So let's talk about the long-term perspective a speaker needs to have. Yeah, it's kind of the the difference between planting and harvesting, right? So when you you are you think back to maybe like when you if you have kids or you think back to when you were in elementary school, you remember like in I don't know, kindergarten, first grade, preschool or something, and you did that little plant project and you bring it home. Maybe it's like a Mother's Day the thing. Soda you know? pop, the soda bottle. Yeah, exactly. That soda <laughs> bottle, the little styrofoam cup, you throw some dirt in, you put a, pl- a seed in there, you wa- you water it, and you're just like, wait, nothing's happening. Wait, what's what's my plant's broken? But it doesn't mean nothing's happening. There may be things that are happening beneath the surface that. You, you're just not aware that you just don't see. This happened um, recently with my my oldest daughter. My, uh, she just turned 16. And so she was, um, she's really into reading. She's really into books. And she really wanted to get a job at this local bookstore. And so I, I talked talk to her about it. And so she put together a, a resume and an email. She sent it off to them and it took like a week or so. And she hadn't heard back and she was discouraged and depressed. I'm like, ah, oh, they're not going to hire me. I was like, no, no, like just because they haven't responded doesn't mean like nothing's happening. There's things that are happening beneath the surface that you may not be aware of. And so we, I, we talked through, okay, so let's send a follow-up email. She sent a follow-up email, waited a few more days. And then she got a, a, a good positive reply back. And the lady basically said like, hey, I, your email has been in my inbox. I just hadn't had a chance to get to it. And so again, it's like, just because you can't see it doesn't mean nothing is happening. And so we see this oftentimes with speakers who are going like, I reached out to five people and I didn't hear anything. Uh, this doesn't work. Or I'm not, I guess I'm not meant to be a speaker or they just throw in the towel. And it's just like, it's like the, again, um, if you said, I want to lose weight and get in shape. And you're like, I went to the gym once and I'm not jacked now. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. You know, like you it's, it's continually showing up. And so having a long-term perspective. And so like one thing we, we noticed a big difference on with students is, is like, are you treating this as a hobby or as a business? And so if it's a hobby, it's kind of one of those things like, ah, just hop in and I'll try it for a little bit. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't work. And I just move on to the next shiny object. But if it's a business, it's like, no, no, I'm like, I'm in this. I want to make this work. I have a long-term perspective on it. So I think it's so important that that you continually have that long-term perspective, not just as a speaker, but like even here within the speaker lab, there are are people we talk to regularly that would say like, I'm interested in being a speaker, but not now for whatever reason. Right. And it's easy to, you know, the timing and life 
life. And like, we just kind of kick the can and all these normal excuses that we hear. I would just say like, that's fine. Like we're not going anywhere. And so we regularly talk with students who would say like, I've been following you guys for years. Like we're, this is the 400th episode of the podcast. <laughs> We've been around for a while and we're not going anywhere. Like there's a good chance we'll be doing 500, 600, 800 episodes in the next several years or so. And so we'd have a long-term perspective in what we're doing. And that also has been a big factor in what's helped the speaker lab have a lot of success. And so the same mm -hmm. thing for you as a speaker is just making sure that you have that long-term perspective as well. Yep. Every single one of our successful speakers all have the same or similar story. I worked on that relationship for a year and a half, two mm -hmm. years, and now they finally booked me for my high premium price. So it's the it's the relationship building aspect and that that is definitely the harvesting you have to nurture that it doesn't happen overnight uh, i always say to students too like go check out your inbox how many emails are you never going to open but yet you expect everyone to open your emails yeah it's true. so have perspective on that as well it's really important um awesome moving along here will what happens when you want to build beyond the stage um, this is something that comes up a lot. And a lot of times the coaches, we have to say, okay, deep breath. Does this actually make sense for you? So number nine, when you're thinking about building beyond the stage, remember, you can't do it all. What do, what do we want to teach our listeners about this? Because this is critical. Yeah. So this ties into that speak framework that we teach the, the S P E A K. And so that K is no when to scale, no when to scale. And meaning that a lot of people who are interested in speaking are also interested in writing a book or coaching or consulting or doing a course or podcasting or a YouTube channel or any number of things. And so we say like, you can do all the things, you just can't do all the things at once. So something's going to come first, something's going to come last. And so it's like being a speaker, being an entrepreneur. Remember, like we talked, we touched on you're being a speaker, but you're also being an entrepreneur, a business owner who's running a speaking business. You have to make smart, strategic decisions and not chasing every possible shiny object. You can't do that. It doesn't work like that. In fact, within our um, within our company, we were talking about this just, I think, last week. And uh, I went through a list of things like we are not doing that we could be doing, like just ways that we're leaving money on the table. You know, things that like are obvious. Oh, we should totally do this. and We should do this and we should do this. But like we're intentionally not doing those things. And so there are are. It's the same thing that's true for a speaker is like, oh, I'd love to write a book and I'd love to podcast and I'd love to start a YouTube channel. I'd love to do some more coaching and I hear some opportunities to consult. I'd like to create a course. Like, again, that's all well and good, but you can't do everything. And so you've got to be really clear and intentional and in saying like, no, like this is what I'm trying to do. This is what I'm trying to accomplish. Again, if we go back to that uh, roadmap analogy, here's the end destination where I'm headed towards. Now I got to figure out what's the best possible way to get from point A to point B. And maybe that means that like doing a coaching doesn't make sense. Maybe that means doing a course doesn't make sense. Maybe that means doing a YouTube channel doesn't make sense. It's not that any of those things are bad, but being intentional and saying, no, there's going to be some things that I just, I can't do. I can't get to. It's going to be sideways energy. It's going to be a distraction. It's going to be a shiny object. And so being clear on where you're headed and making sure that you are focused on that and not trying to do all things for all people. Yeah. I mean, that goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning, like really have your goals uh, in perspective and defined because when you, when you look at a three-year business plan and you're like, you know what, I want to make just round numbers, a hundred thousand dollars. This is exactly how I'm going to do it. Well, guess what? All those other squirrels, those mindset yeah. squirrels that come in and try to mess you up, 
they become really less important because you're like, no, 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 no. I, I have my roadmap. I am navigating on this course and nothing is going to distract me because we also have to remember, you know, people throw around that work-life balance, but it is a thing. And if you have a family, if you are human outside of being an entrepreneur, and let's hope you are, you really have to make sure you have that life balance. And so when you have those goals in alignment, you're creating that work-life balance. And so all that other stuff will not distract you off course. And you'll be a much happier person. You'll be a much more successful entrepreneur and you'll be a wonderful speaker. So that's really important. Um, making Absolutely. sure that you, you follow those goals and respect where you're going. Really important. All right. Last but not least on our 400th celebration of your amazing podcast or our amazing podcast. <laughs> it is, right. it is our amazing podcast. Cause here's the thing, like I, and I, I tell the team this, uh, and this is why Mary's laughing is, you know, a lot of times when, um, when, when we talk about the speaker lab, uh, or we talk about the podcast, or talk about the book or any one of those things, like a lot of times, um, it's easy for, for someone to refer to, oh, it's Grant's thing. And I would say like, it's not Grant's thing. Like I may be the voice on a lot of these podcasts, but also like Mary, you've been on a, a lot of these podcasts lately. You've been doing more and more interviews with students. We have yes. a lot of, a lot of team members behind the scenes who are involved with creating show notes, who send emails out to make sure that like these interviews get booked, that uh, the content that gets put together. And so there's a lot of people that are involved with what goes on with the speak lab. So Grant, I may be the, the face or the voice on certain things, but I'm just one part of a whole bunch of different people that, that make up uh, what it is that we do here at the Speaker Lab. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, so number 10, and this, right. is, this is legit. This is what pulls it all together. All right, number 10 That's right. is this is simple, but not easy. This is simple, but not easy. And so everything that we talk through here, everything that we outline, like, boy, just, it just sounds, just go do that. It just yeah. it sounds simple, but it's not easy. So let me give you another illustration. I love, I love analogies and illustrations. So, um, I don't know if I've told you this mayor, but, um, I, I, uh, I have lost 25 pounds this year. Come on wow, now, Dave. let's Come go, on now. let's go. And so uh, I had this goal and actually at the time of this recording, I actually hit this goal yesterday morning. Okay. Oh my um, gosh. so I hit, I hit this fabulous. goal. I try, I try. Uh, <laughs> and so I hit this goal. And so we, um, yesterday we were hanging out with some friends and, and catching up and, uh, they were all at, they're like, Frank, you, Frank, you clearly have lost some weight. Like, what are you doing? What's working? And I think, and I've asked the same thing, the people before, you know, there's a, a, another guy that we work with on our team who's lost 50 pounds in like a couple of months. And we're like, what's the secret? What's your magic pill? What did you do? And it's the same thing that we all know. Like, what do you need to do to, uh, to lose weight or to get healthy or whatever? You got to pay attention to what you eat and you have to exercise. Like that's it, you know, like I can tell you some nuanced stuff that I've been doing, but uh, like the things I've been doing, this is going to blow your mind. Uh, I've been avoiding sugar. I've been <laughs> trying to limit my carbs. I've been exercising, doing something every single day. Uh, like that's the main thing. Like you do those yeah. things and it's, and it, it becomes a lot simpler. So again, it's simple, but it's not easy. And so you can do this. A big thing that we talk about with, with students here at the speaker lab is not only like showing you what to do and telling you what to do and like giving you the roadmap and the game plan that you need to execute, but also just trying to give you the confidence that you can do this. 
if we tell you exactly what to do and, and you don't believe that it's achievable or, or something that you can accomplish, like you're never going to take any action on it. You're never going to make any progress on it. And so we want to show, you know, this is what you need to do. Trust us. Then we also want you to know, like, yes, you can do this. You can make this happen. You can accomplish your speaking goals. So everything we've covered, everything we've talked to, you can go listen to all 399 previous episodes here, and you'll find all these same recurring themes that we talk about. It is simple, but it's not easy. But that doesn't mean you can't do it. You can absolutely do this. You can absolutely get paid to speak and share your message with the world and make that, that impact that you desire. 100%. And one thing that I'm so proud about in terms of our program is, you know what, when it does get really hard, and it will, you have an entire coaching team backing you up, mm-hmm. whether it's a mindset adjustment, whether it's a marketing tweak, whether it's a tweak in your talk, whether it's a business plan, you are not alone. And I think that's so powerful. Um, I know this is the 400th episode. And I just want to say thank you for creating this platform. You have helped thousands of people, some that we've directly gotten to work with, and probably a thousand, thousands more that we haven't even uh, gotten the chance to meet because they've just listened and dedicated their time to this podcast. And they're out there making, making it happen for themselves. So it's amazing that 400 episodes in, you're doing the thing. You built an amazing team supporting you to do the thing. And every day we get to get up, come to the speaker lab, do what we love to do so that other people can do what they love to do. And so that's, that's a beautiful thing. And no, maybe not every day. It's not easy, but what we do is pretty simple here in terms of helping people go through this framework. And so thank you for creating it and uh, creating this platform and, and educating people over 400 episodes, 400 episodes. You did crazy. It. That's amazing. It's, it's crazy. There's um, in fact, it reminded me there was, help me if, if you can remember, there's a guy we interviewed on the podcast recently, like within the past couple of months or something. And he like within the past year or so, he was like, I wanted to be a speaker. Uh, he Googled like speaking podcast or something, came across the speak a lot podcast. And he's like, I listened to every single episode. I just went through, I listened to every single episode. I did what you said. And within a year, if I remember correctly, within a year, he had quit his job, was making over six figures from speaking. And was like, hang on, like, what did you do? He's like, I just listened to every episode and I did what you guys told me to do. That was it. Amazing. Amazing. Again, you've got a lot of content here within the podcast, but again, if you want to go deeper on it, if there's anything we can do to help you support you as you build and grow your speaking business, again, share your message to the world. Uh, Please reach out to us. Let us know. Mary Alice leads our coaching team does a phenomenal job. And so we want nothing more than to help you spread your message uh, around the world and and make that impact and income that that you desire. So Mary, thanks for hosting. Thanks for uh, being with us today. Yeah, it was awesome. Loved it. Hey, hope you enjoyed this episode from the 40 Speaking Lessons from 400 episode series. Don't forget to head over to thespeakerlab.com slash free book. Again, thespeakerlab.com slash free book. Enter your info to get a free copy of my book, The Successful Speaker. We're going to be giving away 40 copies for this 40 Lessons series. So don't wait. Again, go to thespeakerlab.com slash free book and get started today.